Bush and Richie here with the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the next edition of the show that you're about to hear. Uh, whilst we've been doing the show this evening, this has fascinated me in the studio. This has turned up. Well, it's not turned up. Um, it's This is a prop that children that are born, like, right now will n- have no idea what this is. Yes. It's an in-tray and an out-tray, basically, <laughs> um, which they'd probably only be familiar with it by looking at sort of, like, the graphics of an email programme on a computer and be like, oh, yeah, so what? that's why you've got an in-tray and out-tray. They'd have no idea. That's it. For them, for uh, anyone millennium, millennials or beyond, uh, this would be simulated in a computer. But the actual concept of having paperwork lying on your desk in this era of wipe clean desks and hot desking or not even going to the office anymore, it's just it's just like a different era, isn't it? Well, do you know what? Depressingly, they won't even know what a desk is soon. I know, that's it. Won't have an office to go to. Anyway, here's two old farts talking for another 20 minutes. Home time with Bush and Richie. Now, look, beware. It is the tempting season. I declare it open after my visit to the supermarket today. Maybe you're not aware of what is the tempting season. Let me tell you. The tempting season. The tempting season. Uh, It is the season of the year, around about two months, where your favourite food item Uh decides for two months of the year to launch a limited edition range. Little twist, little change to their flavour, to woo you. Okay, so this is the kind of thing that you would normally get on your radar if you stood with the shopping in the queue and you see it and think, oh, oh, oh yeah, I didn't know they did that. Tempting them. season, exactly. Case in point today, I'm in the supermarket, I see what looks like your standard after eights. Oh, but no. Oh, no. Uh-huh. These are gin and tonic and mint flavoured after eights. What is your view on that? Do you think brilliant or do you think why are they mucking around with, with after eights? The very fact that it's called the tempting season is my view. I'm kind of like, ooh, I go. wonder they've, what that's like. They've lured you in. I am a sucker for that kind of thing. Then I turn to my left. Oh, what's this? A Kit Kat Santa. I mean, we all know Kit Kat. It's two, two fingers or four. It doesn't need to come in a, in a Santa <laughs> yeah. shape, does yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But there it is. It's the tempting season season and if we're going to get through this over the next two months because we're all we're all in reduced circumstances uh, we're all very much liable to pick up food that we don't necessarily need to because we're yeah. feeling a little bit blue so let's let's all warn each other of the products that we've seen that have come out in this particular tempting season i, I mean I, i'm up for definitely people having this kind of network of either like, remember in lord of the rings where they light fires uh, on coastal paths and stuff to warn yeah. people that stuff's coming this is what this is because uh, i hate the way they do it for me, just stick with the good stuff. Like, for example, anyone else remember last year? It was like three or four weeks last year when Coca-Cola started mucking about with its flavours. Yeah, they did, didn't and they? And I, I ended up uh, erroneously buying mango-flavoured <laughs> Coke. Who was that? I, exactly. And they didn't signpost it enough, so uh, every single time I was like... What is that? <laughs> and they'd have the little tiny yeah. bit of right now with added mango. Who wants mango in Coca-Cola? That was last year's tempting season. If only I'd have been warned by the rest of the United Kingdom, as we're about to find out now. I'm really sorry to report that Janine has succumbed oh. already to the tempting season. Uh, we were speaking just a few hours ago about how it's underway. Uh, all the supermarkets have got various foods that you normally love, but they've just changed the flavour for a couple of months. It's too late to save Janine. 
seen, but surely not too late to save yourself. Uh, she has uh, sent us a picture of an open box of the gin and tonic and mint flavoured after eights <laughs> that it looks like, Janine, you're absolutely stoving in. She succumbed to the tempting season. So, look, if you've been in the shop and you've seen your, your you know, the, the products that you know and love, but they've been mucking around with them and, and fiddling with the flavours, do phone it into the Home Time Show tonight. It's very important. Jezza says, uh, and I've had to change this because the language is blue. <laughs> he says, Twix can do one with the festive Twix. He adds, although I did eat the second one when I was blazed last night. Now, I wonder how you can festivate a Twix. I it's know. really just biscuit, chocolate and toffee. But they do it and they put it in the packaging and we end up buying it. Uh, Adrian has reported uh, rhubarb and custard creams on sale in his supermarket, but he says it's a false sense of tastiness. What you thought could be delicious is in fact rank. Going back to my Coca-Cola thing from earlier on, the problem is with these things, so many people have picked them up in a rush thing and they're the normal ones mm. and they're not and then they, they end up with like a, a bad experience. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. We need to stop this at source. That's why we're asking you to phone it into the show this evening if you spy any of these people trying to tempt you off the off the straight and narrow. We've got Cathy on the line. Cathy, uh, what would you like to report? I have seen Choco Leibniz ba- biscuits, Bailey's version. And My words. Some, and I've already wow. started on them. Oh, you've already started. <laughs> now, we all know, we all know that Choco Leibniz biscuits are the king of biscuits to dunk. They are. They, they are, are amazing. Absolutely, because they've got that thick, thick layer of chocolate on yeah, the top. You, you nibble around the rim and then dunk the uh, yeah. dunk what's left, don't you? Exactly that, yes. So steady on. But with babies. All right, so are you, are you planning <laughs> on, on the fi- finishing the rest of them this, this evening and is the, the, well, the box going to be done by the end of the night tonight? No, 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 I'm not... I'm, I'm, I think I need to save them one, one one a day just to just to keep the yeah. Have you got anyone else in? Are you who do you live with? Who else is in the house? Uh, my, my my husband's in the house and one of my sons is in the house at the moment. Wow! So you have to properly but... hide those things, right? <laughs> for those two. Yeah, no, they they don't even know them, know about them. They, they have no idea. Secret. So this is secret wow. confectionery. Yeah. We won't tell mm-hmm. them. But what's your? Um, give us a hint about your secret hiding place for this these chocolates. <laughs> well, I just put it in the most obvious place. I just put it sort of in the drawer with all the other snacks and they just go for their and but underneath and they just go for what's on the top because they're boys and they don't look for anything they wow. just see what's on the top a boy look and they just they would never know that hidden underneath is all the good stuff men in a nutshell for you right now <laughs> big time <Absolutely. laughs> that's great cheers Cathy Christmas pudding digestives I repeat, oh. Christmas pudding digestives have just been reported to us by Jack and Des in Derbyshire. Officers are en route. <laughs> they are en route. How does that even work? I don't even know how that works. I, I wouldn't have thought there's enough flavour in there that isn't biscuit for it to taste of Christmas pudding. No offence to digestives, because they've been around for donkey's years, but that's like someone who's quite dull wearing a really jazzy jacket. <laughs> they've got to take it off at some point, do you know what I mean? It's the tempting season. Let us know of things that you have seen, of your favourite foods that have varied away from the standard flavour just to tempt you, tempt you to buy them. Uh, Chocolibowitz, uh, they seem like they're regular offenders with this. Adam is in the car at the moment listening to the show. He says, I've just bought these bad boys, uh, which is the same ones that... Who was the lady from earlier on? Cathy? Yep. Uh, he's going to eat them in the car mm-hmm. before he gets home to the rest of his family. Wow. So what they're doing, they're not only tempting you to buy them with these kind of fancy other flavours, but I think like a little bit like Cathy hiding them, there's secrets amongst family members, and it's, that's it's not good, is dividing it? dividing the nation. It really is it's dividing the nation. Good. Uh, Costa, uh, we, we've got you in our target. Uh, Karen in Edinburgh says, after eight hot chocolate <laughs> under purple one latte. Oh, my words. Uh, hats off and respect to Siobhan, who has got in touch with us this evening. We've been asking for you to uh, report to us things that you have seen on sale as the tempting season 
is underway. Uh, she's sent us a, a montage of all sorts of products that she's seen so far. Uh, this Twix Winter Spice that was talked about actually looks quite nice. Outrageous. Saurine Winter Spice. Uh, Jaffa Cakes Orange and Cranberry uh, have been spotted. Uh, gingerbread Digestives. Orange Giant Buttons. I'm liking the look of those. Anything that shares a flavour with uh, a festive air conditioner that you might have in the toilet at work <laughs> is a right off as far as I'm concerned. It, that's why people are reporting them. We really appreciate you bringing them to our attention. Uh, we've got Robert from Queen's Ferry on the phone for us right now. Robert, what have you spotted? That's right. I couldn't believe it. Lemon scented and berry scented window de icer spray. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the old ethanol? I used to quite like that. That's a, that's a night out in some place, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you're right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, God almighty, what's next? So you're not but tempted at go. all? You're literally not tempted by spicing it up a little bit? Oh, uh, well, no, I just, uh, I use a scraper. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a good opportunity for me to remind people to put the sun visors at 45 degrees, turn up the blowers, air conditioning on hot, you're away in about 45 seconds. But Robert, if you've got to sit there in a car, the idea of it actually being fruit scented, that's quite nice. Uh, well, I suppose if, if you're into that, you know, I would uh, secret is really put a cardboard box on your windscreen at night. Oh, you got a rival for Richie's method there as well. <laughs> now, isn't it funny when kids suddenly decide that they don't like something? Uh, I call it a uh, Erin edict. My <laughs> eldest daughter, Erin, like a ruling, a decree that she notifies us with. Uh, so she's decided, Erin, my eldest, who's nearly 11, uh, that she doesn't like playing I Spy in the car anymore. Oh, done with it. It's done with I Spy. And you know what? I Spy has done us proud with all of our long family trips. We've got family. My, my parents live down in Devon in Brixham. My other half, Katie's family, live up uh, in Northumberland. So we've done a lot of mileage. It's a fair bit of spying. That's a lot of eye spying. But suddenly now, it's dead boring as far as Erin's concerned. So I thought, uh, would, would this hour of the show, is there any way of getting any other intel from people about good games that other people have made up in the car... <laughs> To, to break up the journey. So if you've made a game up in the car, let us know. Maybe we can give it a whirl. I'll try. I may not be your man for this. If I think about the uh, the game that I have played with my older two that we've invented, yeah. I'm not sure. If, if I Spy's not doing it for Erin, I'm not sure the Waitrose game is going to work for her. The Waitrose game? So what happens <laughs> in the Waitrose game? So... Okay, so we do a lot of journeying up and down the M3 uh -huh. uh, from London to Bournemouth and back and all that kind of thing. I happen to know there is a Waitrose delivery area in Bracknell. Yeah. Okay, because my brother works This there. game needs to get a lot better uh, quite quickly. <laughs> the game is to work out whether the lorry, the Waitrose lorry, is coming or going to Bracknell. That's, that's it. That's one of the worst... That's one of the, no offence, that's one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. My two older kids... That kept them going for years. That can't be an actual game. Where's the game in that? You'd see a waitress lorry on the M3. <laughs> oh <my laughs> You'd be God. like, that's coming or that's going. <laughs> She'll disown me if I wheel that one out. She'll disown that me. That was our game. Uh, if you've ever made up a game to play in the car, let us know. Uh, we're already getting some stuff in on this. Sam says, I'm a pretty competitive uh, first one to spot the C rules person, but has to be out of the front windscreen. Good game. Uh, Melissa says, our game is beard or no beard for cars passing you on the motorway. You have to say beard or no beard before the car draws level and the passenger confirms. I mean, it ain't no uh, Waitrose Laurie to Bracknell, but it's a pretty good game. 
8.12.15, you made up a game to break up a car journey. Is it coming, is it going? But it can be played on either carriageway, you've got to hand it to. Any other suggestions, welcome. Craig says, look at the person in the car beside you, then make up their name, occupation and what they do for hobbies. Sounds bad, but guess sillier the longer you play it. I can imagine having a lot of fun with that. That would be good, but how do you know if you've got a winner or not, though? Where, where, how, how can we decide the winning of this? I, yeah, you, I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah. But it's, if you've got kids in the car, good good example of, you know, just this creative thinking. Imagination yeah. and stuff. Louise says, we play whose knees am I thinking of? Right. Essentially a yes or no guessing game, but with a knee focus. Can be anyone from a celebrity to a school teaching assistant, and it can last for hours. <laughs> Uh, That's brilliant. Uh, Mike says punch buggy. The first one to spot a VW Beetle shouts punch buggy and then the colour and points to it. If it's seen, the caller gets to punch someone. If not, they get a punch back. It has to be a Beetle, though, and double punch if it's nearly but not a Beetle. Run this one by her. Dan on the M25 suggesting beep a sheep. If (laughs) if they look at you when you beep, you win. I like that because sometimes they're in their own world, aren't they, sheep? They are, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, I've learned on this show a few months ago the difference between lamb and sheep. <laughs> Not much, really. Not much. Just age. Uh, Linda says uh, we'd make up profanities based on the number plate of the car in front. That's a fantastic little idea. But we've got Tom on the line. Tom, mate, tell us about your made-up game. Well, I mean, we've always just called it horse, you know, which isn't the most uh, innovative of names. And I do think I might have stolen it from someone, but I'm going to take the credit anyway. No, Go for it. it. Explain how horse works. So uh, I played this in the car, and I've also played this on a train as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're you're travelling to your location, yep. every time you see a horse in a field, you just shout horse. The first person to shout horse gets a point, right? right. If there's multiple horses, you can shout horse multiple times and get multiple points. Uh, are you limited by the number of horses in the field? Can you can you can you say your name or shout horse eight times? But there's only say three horses there. No, you, you got to you got there's an honour system. You can, okay. If there's only three horses, you can only really shout three times. Otherwise, someone might call you out on it. Okay, fair um, enough. That's good. That's good. So then, the next, so that's the first part, which is a fairly straightforward game to play anyway. And then you can start adding your own rules. So, for example, my favourite one, horse feast, is when you see uh, a car or a, a, a truck or whatever, or it's like a big horse box. Their horse feeds. Right. So if you still, if you see a horse feed, you can steal someone else's points. Wow. Well, uh, so if you see a horse being pulled along in a horse box, you shout horse thief, and you can nick a point thief. off someone else who's uh, who's got points exactly. built up because of the horses earlier on before. Exactly. Now, if you see a cow and you shout horse, you lose your points. Well, horse. you deserve to, to be quite frank. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You deserve it. And then you can make up your own rules as well. Like one of my favourites is uh, if you see a horse with a job. That might be a horse that's pulling a cart or a horse with a rider. Horse with a job, horse. yeah. Horse with a job. Yeah, I would say a horse with a job's worth like two points, right? Because like it's a little bit more rare. Amazing. Regular horse who, in the field. Who, who do you play this game with? Is this who? Who are your who are your I audience? Your group with lots of people. So I play it with my uh, my wife in the car. I played it on uh, work trips. Going, I went to Sheffield, and uh, the train from London to Sheffield is great for horse. And a great way to pass the time when you're stuck on a train with some colleagues. Bush, uh, I tell you what, we're going to do. Together. We are going to book a hire car December the third, yes. and we are going to drive around the M25 for two hours and play a game of horse. Give it a go. Three, two, Fantastic. one. Horse. horse! Uh, someone says uh, here, I play horse too. It's great fun. Chris in Nottingham says, not horse, but if we ever saw a lamb on a farm, we used to shout mint sauce, which is, I think, it's a little bit unfair. <laughs> says he who's only recently learned. Um, <laughs> yes. Mark in Norwich uh, plays snooker with car colours. Three minutes to score points. As in snooker, red car, then a brown, then a red. So I love quite that. clever. Great idea. Uh, Tanya, what have we got going in your car? Okay, so you go around the car 
and you shout out a number. So you shout out number eight, mm-hmm. and it's for the person next to you. And then you have to count eight cars, and you might make a prediction like on the eighth car, it's going to be your future husband, or <laughs> it's the only car you can ever afford. <laughs> so it gets very competitive. Wow, so it, the, anyway. the game allows you to, in some ways, predict what the future is going to be like. Yes, exactly. So I could go, um, I could go number nine. Uh, and the colour of car number nine, I reckon, is the colour pants you're wearing today, Bush. That's right. So say uh, nine cars go by and it's brown, I've got brown pants, and then he's predicted the future. Exactly. <laughs> this is amazing. It's going to be a tough sell to my uh, 10 going on 11-year-old, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, we've had an autocorrect is- issue with this fella's tweet here. Matt says, me and my friends play major league dog spotting. Uh, it's usually better in curries, but you can play it on the motorway too if there's dogs in cars. I presume curries is an autocorrect. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, there's massive implications. Uh, Toby and Barstable is just going for Eddie Stobart spotting, which is uh, a little bit more conventional. How does that work? I've had a few people me- message for me with that today. I don't know what it means. Well, they've all got names. Every, every single Eddie Stobart lorry has got a different name from the next one. Really? So it's like literally, it's like train spotting, but lorries. So you just write their name down, you yeah. bag them. Wow. Exactly. That yeah. is unbelievable. That. Well, speaking of cars and stuff and motorways, we've got Alex uh, on the line with a, a brilliant uh, name, with a, a brilliant game with a brilliant name. Alex, tell us all about it. What's it called? Okay, the Meet Meet Car Game uh, started about 10 years ago when we had the excitement of getting a new Fiat 500. So while we were waiting to get the Fiat 500, whenever we saw one, the first person to shout out Meet Meet got a point. Right. Great. And so you kept a tally of that, and then there were some arguments. Uh, so we developed the game, and you got one point if it was just a bog standard Meet Meet, uh, bog standard Fiat 500. And yeah. then you got two points if it was like the one we were going to get. Right. <laughs> and then it developed over the years. If you saw a Fiat 500 hour bath, you got five points because that was rarer. If you got a long distance spot and you saw the Fiat 500 in the distance, so at the other side of the hill, uh, and you recognised it and it was verified by everybody else in the car, then you got three points. Wow, there's um, a whole like tiered system of points scoring here for the Meet Meet game. Definitely is, yeah. And we still play it to this day and my parents play it as well. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when we go out running on a morning, we play it while we're out running. Um <laughs> When you say you still play to this game and it started 10 years ago, uh, do the scores get wiped every journey or or, or is there an overall leader? (laughs) No, we have a daily tally and we have a weekly tally and we have an overall leader as well. Wow, Wow. you must have like a Champions League or something like that. What's the most most anyone's ever got in a week? Oh, in a week, about 35, I think. That's a lot of Fiat Um, 500s, isn't it? My my husband, even when he he drives all over the country with his work, so he'll sometimes ring us and he'll be on the phone to me and say, meet me, we've seen a Fiat 500. (laughs) (laughs) They're very hard to verify those ones, though. The couple that meep together stay together. That's right, yeah. Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Just a quick clarification before we get stuck into the Tuesday tombola. Do you remember uh, Matt from earlier on whose game to play in the car was Major League Dog Spotting? Oh, yes. He says it's usually better in curries, but you can also play it on the motorway too, and we were really panicked about <laughs> where he's been eating. He's just texted in to clarify, yes, it was autocorrect. I meant it's better in cities. Ah. It's better to play in cities. Phew. 
Time to leap from that into the world of the Tuesday Tombola. One gold Tombola, 100 different phoning topics. We don't know what's going to happen. All we have to do is spin it, just to make sure it is all properly randomised. This isn't a sound effect. Look, I've just hit it three times just to prove it's actually there. It's sturdy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Ooh. Let's see what number's going to come out what's today. It's going to be... It's a go- no, that's ridiculous. What's that, the same as... Number same 99. As last week. 99 again. That can't... We, we can't. We can't. We can't do that. Let's just shout horse, get rid of that and put a new one. Yeah, we can't have that in there. Come on, let's get rid of it. I find that really weird. Well, the odds on that are very, very slim. If you're a mathematician, I'd love to hear from you tonight. What are the odds on that? One out of 100. No, but, but it got picked out last week, so exactly. it can't be one out of 100. And it's 100. just been spun. So that can't be the odds. Yeah. I'm going to spin it again. Producer Adam looking at us like we're, we're stupid or something. That's that really freaked me out. Isn't it? Because you can hear how many times that turns. And we'd never had Ball 99 before. We were like, we were like quite shocked by it last week. It really freaked me out. Ball number 83. Ball 83. Whose autograph have you got? Oh, that's fantastic. I like that. Got to be the circumstances surrounding it as well. Sure, someone gave me, right, a uh, second-hand book and it had signed on the inside sleeve. The autographs are a load of Everton players from the 80s that they were all staying in the same hotel together when they, this person had gone on, on a family holiday back in the day yeah. and they were all, were all by, uh, by the pool and it was like loads of like Trevor Stephen and Gary Stevens and all that kind of thing Peter Reid wow. and it was like an A to Z of America, of, of amazing uh, Everton footballers must have been worth a bob or two probably not <laughs> but still for my for me an amazing thing one in ten thousand appear to be the odds according to uh, one particular text uh, for born number 99 coming out two consecutive weeks is that is that right well, so, that's what they're so here's the scenario. Obviously, there's 100 uh, table tennis balls in there. Richie picked out 99 last week, and we picked out 99 this week. Our producer, Adem, says it's one in 100, which we're not having. Can't be, because Can't be. two consecutive weeks we've done it, and, and we spin a tombola and everything. It's mad. It really is a special night tonight. Do join us by getting involved. If you've got a autograph of someone famous, what about this one? Graham says, I've got Carol Lee Scott's autograph, a.k.a. Grot Bags from Rod Hull and Emu. That's a good one. It's a beauty. This is going to take some beating, though. Michaela Strachan, <gasps> Bolton Carnival, 1990s. <laughs> I used to watch her on The Hitman and Her with, uh, was it Pete Waterman? They used to do, do a show live from a nightclub. Terrible idea, couldn't hear him speak. <laughs> uh, we've got Hayley on the line. Hayley, who have you got an autograph of? Yes, it's Jeff Hurst. Wow, so Jeff Hurst, what a legend. <laughs> yes, I didn't realise at the time who he was. So, um, yeah, I had no idea who he was. Old man was I was sitting with at the time. So oh, someone you're the someone that you're with told you, come on, go and get that right now. Who was that? Yeah, I was with my even more random. My next door neighbor's parents. As you do. Um, <laughs> we went to a double waiting showroom. Um, well, this is getting weirder and weirder. This. Sorry, just to confirm, if anyone missed that, you went to a double glazing showroom with your neighbor's yeah. parents and ended up sitting yeah. next to Jeff Hurst. <laughs> I have no idea why he was there, there, but they had a Polaroid camera. So I'm assuming he was there sitting a bit of a meet and greet with customers. Or he might just be in for some... some... <laughs> Jeff Kurtz, new, yeah. new um, uh, conservatory or something or other. That's the one. I don't know if he was working there at the time, but, you know... I really hope not. A World Cup winner shouldn't be flocking. <laughs> Double glazing. Imagine that. Imagine you book double glazing and Jeff first turns up trying to put it in the top window for you. Jeff, mate, sit down. You've earned your right. Have a cup of tea. 
Hayley, what an amazing story. Thank you. Lee says, my sister has Stefan Dennis's autograph. <laughs> it's signed on a 12-inch dance remix of Don't It Make You Feel Good. We're set for life, planning to split the proceeds when we eventually decide to go to auction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Paul Daniels, playing cards, stabbed it in one of his tricks. I love Joe. that. So he's put an actual knife through it in terms of picking a card. Beautiful. Uh, let us know who you've got. Michael, who's, who's yours? Judy Garland. Whoa, wow. That's, that's a big top one. level. Yeah. How's that come about? Uh, my grandfather was a police officer many, many years ago, God rest his soul, um, and he was assigned to guard her in effect during um, the promotion of The Wizard of Oz. Wow. And in and, and what format have you got this uh, autograph? Is it is it in uh, a safe place? Is it framed? Uh, it's not framed. Um, it's in a little plastic envelope um, that I treasure. Um, it's in a wallet hidden away in a drawer somewhere at home. I know exactly where it is. Um, and it's on a little card with a silver star in each corner. Oh, that's wow. so cute. So if you went on Antiques Roadshow and they valued it for a lot of money, would you would you sell it or would you keep it? Um, to be honest, I went to a uh, autograph um, place um, up near Charing Cross. Um, they took a look at it. They, they confirmed it definitely was Judy Garland by the loops in the letters and so on. Um, and they said it's worth about £75. And I went, what? what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You don't need to put it in such a safe place if it's only worth that. <laughs> but then I took it to Universal Studios when I was out in America some time ago, and they basically told me I could name my price. What, what wow. I love about this fella is we've been, you know, obviously you don't, you don't want to sell it because it's your granddad's and stuff like that. He's taking yeah. it around with him and trying to get a price on it wherever he's been. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing the story. It's brilliant. Uh, the Tuesday Tombola has been spun. That's why we've got Becky hanging on. We want you to tell us about the autograph you've got, Becky. Oh, what? My Winston Churchill one. You've got a Winston Whoa. Churchill autograph? Yes. Oh. My nan's sister, who's still alive, she's 137, but she's still alive, but she was his dog groomer. And so she used to go to um, Penn Downing Street and groom his dog. And then every year she would send him a collar and lead on his birthday. So I've got a letter on Chartwell paper saying thank you very much for the dog's collar and lead. Wow. wow. Um, is she 137, your... Uh, she's, she's 98. Oh, phew, oh, we're panicking then. I was to say, she's the oldest lady in the world. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. OK. <laughs> wow. OK, so Winston, Winston Churchill. Sorry, got lost in the age of um, the older lady. Has he, has he got nice writing? You know, sometimes you, you see someone who thinks quite flamboyant and their writing's kind of like a bit small and a bit disappointing. What's his writing like? Well, it's been typed. It's a typed letter on headed paper, oh. but just with his ink signature on it. He probably signed it in the bath, because if you watch Darkest Hour or whatever, yeah. he used to dictate all of his... Well, that's a bad choice of words, but sat in the bath there writing stuff. Do you know what I mean? Well, she said to me, whenever she used to go into 10 Downing Street and see him, he was always in bed and he had a budgie on his head. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Our wartime Prime Minister, we, can, we cannot have this said against him. <laughs> really bummed me out about the absence of uh, desks and in trays from the beginning of the uh, podcast tonight. No, yeah, I know. I, I can tell you're quite passionate about it. What do you mean the absence of desks, though? I just wanted to clarify what you meant there. Well, because we're working from home at the moment, aren't we? And some places are all kind of like, oh, this is going well. We don't need to have our office anymore. Oh. So people won't have desks. I thought you were talking about this kind of thing where people are kind of eschewing desks for other things, like people standing up and working against uh, oh, no, shelving. I've, I've got plenty of time for sitting down, mate. 
Or my friend Kester, who instead of an actual desk, he's been sitting on their bed using the ironing table. That's amazing. The ironing board is a desk, an unbelievable thing. Okay, guys, you ready for this? One, two, three, four. Bush and Richie's podcast. Uh, it's over. It's done.